you think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It just sounds more dramatic that way. All right. So this week we are going to be talking about... But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. You're part of the Half-Blood Prince. So we're going to do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. We're going to hit the, the main highlights. That is the thing that we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Liz, and I'm back with another solo episode. This time, I'm going to be discussing 10 anime titles that I would recommend to anyone looking to check out anime for the first time. So for any of you who are new listeners, in case you aren't aware, I actually recorded some solo episodes last year that are related to this topic. Episode 61, I did a solo episode where I explained the basics of what anime is and how I got into anime. Episode 63, I did a similar episode where I talked about manga. Episode 73, I did a discussion on light novels. And episode 80, I did a solo episode where I talked about a certain category within anime and manga, etc., called isekai, which, again, if you're curious what that's all about, you can check out that solo episode. So, without further ado, let me get to my list of 10 anime titles that I recommend. So, the way I'm going to handle this list is that, obviously, I'm going to give you the name of the titles. I'll give you a brief description of what the basic story of that particular show is. And also, I will mention very briefly what made me like this particular title and why I recommend it to all of you listeners. And just so you know, all of the shows except for one of the titles on this list are available on Crunchyroll. If you're not familiar with Crunchyroll, it is a streaming service that lets you watch mostly anime. They do have a few Japanese dramas available, and they also have a section on the website for you to check out manga that they have available online. They also have some games and other merch if you're interested. So if you are interested, I will put links in the show notes for this episode to Crunchyroll. The one title that is not available on Crunchyroll, it is actually available on Funimation's website. Funimation is actually a company that releases a lot of anime titles. It's been around for 20 odd years and they also have their own streaming service. In fact, technically Crunchyroll and Funimation are now owned by the same parent company. So you will find some other anime titles that are available on Funimation are also available on Crunchyroll, but for whatever reason, there are actually a few titles not available on Crunchyroll but are only available on Funimation's website. Again, I'll leave links in the show notes for this episode if you're interested. So with all that being said, let me start on my list. This is not in order of which show I think is the best or 
the worst is just a general list of 10 titles that I personally recommend. So the first title is Cowboy Bebop. The way I would describe Cowboy Bebop is that it is a futuristic sci-fi with some film noir involved. And as a side note, there was actually a live action series adaptation of Cowboy Bebop on Netflix that unfortunately only lasted one season. There were some issues with that show, but I'm not going to get into that because this is an anime episode, not a live action episode. But at any rate, so the basic concept of the show is that it takes place in the year 2071. Most of humanity no longer lives on the planet Earth due to a really bad accident that happened over the upper atmosphere of Earth, and it caused a terrible situation where humanity has trouble living on Earth. So people that have access to resources that would allow them to leave Earth and live on new colonies that got formed did so. And as you would imagine, because of how spread out humanity is in the inner part of the solar system, it's very easy for criminals and criminal activity to start spreading all over the place, which is why the police force does resort to using bounty hunters to help catch criminals. And in the world of Cowboy Bebop, bounty hunters are also nicknamed cowboys. So this is a show that I definitely recommend. I actually consider it arguably one of my personal top five favorite anime titles that I've ever seen up to this point. I definitely recommend this. And not only would I say people would enjoy the quality of the storytelling and the quality of the animation, which incidentally is like over 20 years old and it still holds up, the soundtrack is definitely worth checking out if nothing else the music was written by Yoko Kano and she actually co-composed music for another title on this list which I will mention so next is Kaleidostar Kaleidostar I would describe as being a part slice of life type of show but I also would describe it as a bit of drama. So the basic concept of Kaleidostar is you follow a young heroine. The main character is a young woman from Japan whose name is Sora and one of her lifelong dreams is to join a circus known as the Kaleido Stage. And so the show basically follows her journey from a young idealistic trainee to becoming one of the top stars of the Kaleido stage. And as the title suggests, if you become one of the top performers at Kaleido stage, you are a Kaleido star. So overall, I recommend this title mainly because number one, the animation is gorgeous, especially when you get the scenes where they are performing sections of whatever their show is. You get to watch like amazing trapeze sequences and you can watch amazing trapeze acts, etc. And I will make a note that as you watch the show, you realize that Kaleido Stage is most definitely modeled off of 
more modern circuses, especially like Cirque du Soleil. So yes, definitely check that one out. The third title on my list is actually the one title that is not available on Crunchyroll, but it is available on Funimation, and it is called The Vision of Escaflone. The Vision of Escaflone is actually, again, like with Cowboy Bebop, it is one of those titles that I consider in my personal top five favorite anime titles. And also, again, as a link to Cowboy Bebop, Yoko Kano co-composed music for the vision of Escaflone. In fact, she wrote the opening theme song, which if you watch the original Japanese subtitled version and not the dub version, the person who sings the opening credit theme song to Vision of Escaflone is also the voice actress of the main character Hitomi. The Vision of Escaflone, basically it's a story of a high school student named Hitomi. And through some interesting things that happened to her in the first episode, she ends up teleported from her high school in Japan to another world where the Earth is just another orbital body up in the sky, and it's referred to as the Mystic Moon, and she ends up in a world known as Gaia. And also as a small segue to what I mentioned earlier in this episode, when I did the solo episode of you know, about anime and also about isekai, I did mention The Vision of Escaflone because it is a very good example of especially the isekai, which is the concept of a person traveling from one world to a different world through some fantasy elements. So The Vision of Escaflone follows her adventures through Gaia, where she interacts with the various people she meets there, particularly Prince Von Fanel, who is the crown prince and future heir of one of the kingdoms in Gaia. And of course, Hitomi, all she wants is to go back home. But of course, she has to help people that she meets because she inextricably gets heavily involved in all sorts of things that are happening on Gaia. This is definitely a show I recommend because, again, like I said, it's part of my personal top five favorite shows. I will say that you could argue that the animation style may be a little dated, especially if you compare it to, again, shows like Cowboy Bebop, which was produced actually, I believe, two or three years later than Escaflone. But what really keeps this show in my personal top five is the storytelling and the characters' relationships with each other. I really enjoy it. So if you enjoy fantasy type stories with some bits of romance and some fighting, especially with mecha or robots, then you will like this show. So number four on my list is a very well-known title, especially if you have heard of anything related to anime, and that is Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is one of those shows where... If you watched anime in the 90s or you have some awareness of anime during the 90s, you would definitely have heard of Sailor Moon. That and the Dragon Ball franchise. But at any rate, so this is another title that I recommend because, well, like I just said, it's one of those really super famous titles that everybody and anybody who knows anything about anime has heard of this title. But basically, it's a quintessential story again you have a high school girl 
who inextricably finds out she is a magic girl is the trope the name of the trope is she's a magic girl basically she is given powers so she turns into a superhero who fights against monsters and in particular when you're talking about the very first arc of the Sailor Moon series she's fighting a queen who sends down monsters to attack the earth and gain power etc etc and of course Sailor Moon and some of her friends who are also sailor characters they band together to fight this evil queen and there are additional story arcs after this so you have plenty of content to watch there's actually two adaptations of this series you have the one that was created in the 90s and you had a newer version that was produced within the last few years and I will briefly say that while this show is no longer part of my personal top five I do have a very strong affection for Sailor Moon mainly because I was a kid who really grew up in the 90s and this was one of the shows that I watched and I recommend this series partially because of nostalgic reasons but also if you enjoy beautiful animation you enjoy action adventure stories for girls and you also enjoy a bit of romance Sailor Moon is definitely something worth checking out. Number five is part of my personal five. I would say that this title is also my favorite manga series actually and the name of this title is Fruits Basket. Now I'm not going to explain too much as to why it's called Fruits Basket because you find out in the show and also in the manga if you opt to read the manga as well. But basically I would describe Fruits Basket as part slice of life, part drama, and actually also part comedy. But the basic premise of Fruits Basket is you have a main character named Toru Honda. Again, she's a high school student. She is an orphan and she temporarily becomes homeless because her grandfather, who she's living with, he's getting his house remodeled. And so she ends up homeless temporarily until the remodeling is done. So instead of bothering one of her two best friends to live with them for a few months, she decides to go camping in the woods. And as it turns out, the woods that she is camping in is part of land owned by the Soma family. And the Somas are pretty eccentric and they're also wealthy. And by coincidence, one of the most popular students in her class happens to be a member of the Soma family. So he finds out that this poor classmate of his is living in the woods. So he feels bad for her and he tells her, okay, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be camping out in the woods like this, especially a girl alone. So why don't you come to my house and live in my house for a few months until your house is remodeled? So she reluctantly agrees to do it. And then she finds out why the Soma family is mysterious. She finds out that her classmate and 11 other individuals in their family are cursed. And they are cursed because if they get hugged by somebody of the opposite sex, they transform into one of the 12 animals of the 
Chinese Zodiac, which is pretty ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, it is pretty ridiculous. It's very funny. But there are darker implications to the situation, which I'm not going to get into because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who actually wants to watch the show or even read the manga. But I would say this is well worth watching and definitely worth reading as well. And I feel that way because the relationship of the characters and also the storytelling is amazing, really wonderful, well thought out, well written. And funny enough, similar to Sailor Moon, there's actually two adaptations of Fruits Basket. There was one produced about 20 years ago, and then there was one that was produced more recently. Then the next title on the list is actually something that as you listen to this episode, it's currently being released in Japan and also on Crunchyroll. It's called Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone is definitely a sci-fi story, and it's also a bit of speculative fiction as well. It is both an anime series, which is, like I said, currently being released in Japan, and it's also a manga title that actually was fully released in English as of July 2023, which incidentally, I read the entire manga series once I found out it was a manga series and I basically know what's going to happen in the anime, but I don't care because I am watching it anyway. So you can already guess why I recommend this title. It's a really interesting story, very interesting premise, and I just enjoy how the writing team behind the manga actually explored the concept that they picked to do a story on. So the basic premise is that in the beginning of the story, it starts in modern times. And of course, again, it's about Japanese students. So the kids are at school when suddenly they see up in the sky, there is a mysterious green light. And the mysterious green light basically petrifies all the humans that are on the planet Earth. And then somehow 3,700 years pass by when suddenly one of these high school students somehow gets unpetrified. He is practically a science prodigy and his goal is to figure out how to unpetrify everybody. So the series basically follows his adventure of trying to make this goal happen. So if you couldn't figure out why I think this title is worth checking out, it should be pretty self-explanatory. And like I said, it's actually currently airing in Japan, and it's also being released on Crunchyroll. In fact, as of this episode, the second half of season three is available. So you have plenty of content to watch if you are interested in the story. I personally hope that they do actually animate the entire manga series because first off the manga actually ended so they have a solid story to adapt and also my understanding is that the ratings for the anime have been pretty good both in Japan and also internationally I would say that as long as the numbers are still good they probably will do a season four I have a sneaking suspicion that if they follow through on adapting the entire manga series in may end with a season 
five, probably, because based off of the pacing that I've noticed in relation to the manga series, they should be able to end the entire thing in a season five, but we'll see what happens. So then the next title is Cells at Work. Cells at Work, again, is also a manga series. The first season of Cells at Work was available on Netflix. I'm not 100% sure if it still is, but again, you can definitely watch it on Crunchyroll. But basically, Cells at Work is a really fascinating story where the cells in your body have been anthropomorphized into human-type characters. And it's really fascinating because it's also a really cool way for you as the audience to actually learn some real-world facts about how the different cells of your body function and also how the different systems in your body work. So the main characters of cells at work are a red blood cell and a white blood cell. And just to demonstrate how really clever the anthropomorphization was for this particular title, the red blood cell is drawn as a delivery worker and the white blood cell, or the neutrophil if you want to get technical, the neutrophil is portrayed as being a police officer dressed in like a white uniform. And that's just the example. There's so many cells in your body that shows up as characters in the story, and they are all in very cleverly thought out character designs and job roles and everything. So again, like with Dr. Stone, if you couldn't figure out why I think this is an amazing show worth checking out, it's pretty obvious. The other interesting thing I will mention about Cells at Work is that the main storyline of Cells at Work, it's assumed and implied that the quote-unquote world that the story takes place in is somebody who's a relatively healthy person. But what's interesting is that there's actually a spinoff series. There's a Cells at Work Code Black. Now, Code Black in that title is actually a kind of a slang term in Japan. In Japan, you have different types of companies that you work at. And one of the slang terms that people will use is code black, which refers to a company that is a very bad company to work at. It's very toxic work environment, very abusive. Employees will get tons of work dumped on them, ridiculous work hours, lots of stress. Cells at work code black, if you couldn't guess from my explanation of what the term even means, it's implied that the world that it takes place in is a middle-aged man who is overstressed and overworked, and he has very poor habits that result in a lot of problems. Okay, that is also available on Crunchyroll, and it's really interesting and worth checking this out because if you appreciate science, medicine, but in an entertaining way and in a way that makes it a lot easier for you to learn and understand things, definitely check it out. So number eight on my list is actually a title that I've mentioned in the light novel episode and also in the isekai episode, but it is Restaurant to Another World. It is a title that I recommend 
because I just find it's very relaxing and it's a lot of slice of life and it's a lot of world building and it's a fantasy story all mixed together. But the basic concept is that it is literally, as the title says, a restaurant to another world. So it's a restaurant that is located in Japan and I'm not sure if it's meant to be in like Osaka. It probably is in Osaka, but anyway. Point is that it's a restaurant that typically operates in a business work district of the city. So the primary client base would, of course, be office workers. So logically, this restaurant should not be open except for Monday to Friday, but it does open on Saturdays. And the reason why it opens on Saturdays is because the front door is somehow magically connected to a fantasy alternate world. So the customers that manages to get through the door, they get access to food that does not exist in their world. Like I said, it's a really fun, relaxing fantasy story, very enjoyable. So if you want to check out something that's pretty relaxing, this is a title I recommend. So on my list, number nine is, again, like with Dr. Stone, a show that's currently airing in Japan. It's currently being released as we speak. In fact, as I record this episode, I actually watched episode number seven earlier this afternoon, and it's called The Apothecary Diaries. It is also a manga and light novel series. Again, I recommend this because of the writing and the characters are really great. But the basic premise of the story is that it takes place in kind of an alternate world version of Imperial China. And I can tell this because, first off, the visuals are very clearly Chinese. Okay. Secondly, some of the names of the characters are also, again, very Chinese, in particular Mandarin pronunciations. And it's also got characters that have Japanese names as well. But basically, you have a main character named Mao Mao. And she was raised by a doctor who also taught her a lot about medicine and how to make medicine, hence the title Apothecary Diaries. She ends up unfortunately kidnapped and she gets sold off to the rear palace, which is basically the harem for the emperor. So she starts off as a maid working in the rear palace and through various things that happen in the rear palace, she ends up becoming a lady-in-waiting for one of the high-ranking concubines. And because she is now a lady-in-waiting, she inextricably gets caught up in all sorts of political shenanigans that happens among the concubines and also among the imperial court. So that alone, if that does not convince you that this is a title worth checking out, I don't know what will. So the final title I'm going to mention in this list is, again, a show that is currently airing in Japan and also being released on Crunchyroll. It is a light novel series, and it is also a manga series. And I believe I did mention this title also in the Isekai episode I did. It is called The Rising of the Shield Hero. And similar to Dr. Stone, Season 3 of the show is currently airing right now. You've got tons of material to check out if you want to watch it. But basically the premise is that it is an isekai where you have this guy and three other guys 
they get summoned to another world. And once they arrive, they end up becoming four legendary heroes who are supposed to help save this world that they ended up in. And the main character we're following is the one who is designated the shield hero, which as you can probably guess, his main weapon is a shield. And the thing is that out of the four legendary heroes, the shield hero is the one who for various reasons that get explained as you watch the series or you read the books is that the shield hero is the most denigrated most looked down upon among the four heroes and on top of that pre-existing bias some things happen in the beginning of the story to Naofumi who is the shield hero that are out of his control and make the situation even worse for him And the rest of the series is basically him trying to navigate a world where he's looked at with a lot of mistrust and he has to rise above all that and become the shield hero and prove all these people wrong. I will say that there are a lot of very dark things that happen in Rising of the Shield Hero. So I would say that if you are somebody who's not in the right mindset to deal with all sorts of abuse and traumatic things that happen to Naofumi and to some other characters in the story, then I would honestly say you will probably want to avoid this because it may trigger you a little bit. But if you are pretty open to a very serious fantasy story that does delve into some darker themed stuff, then this is something Thing that you may want to check out. So that's it. And again, if you are interested in checking out any of these shows and titles, I will put links in the full show notes for this episode. If you do watch any of the shows or if you actually explore the titles further and try to read some of the manga or even the light novels that some of these shows are adapted from, feel free to let me know what you think of these titles. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode and see you next time. Did you like what you heard on our episode today? Well, then feel free to come back and listen to us again. You can find us on all different streaming sites, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if you really like us, feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at 3 Fates Decide. That's T-H-R-E-E, Fates Decide. You can also email us at threefatesdecide at gmail.com. And check out our website at threefatesdecide.com to find other episodes, information about your three hosts, and all of our other links. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Three Fates Decide.